Hey there, welcome to the Creative Metaverse Podcast, formerly known as the Game Artist Podcast. My name is Ryan Kingsline, and I'm the CEO of Vertex School, where we train creatives for the career of their lives. In this podcast, we interview amazing creatives and artists working in film, games, and building the metaverse right now. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Before I turn you over to the podcast, I just want to remind you that this podcast is made possible because of Game Art Institute. So if you're interested in a career in game arts, either in character arts or environment or one of the other directions that we're moving into in game design, for example, AR, VR, then head over to GameArtInstitute.com. The specialty, the thing that we really focus on there and that's really important is that we pick up where almost all traditional schooling fails. We pick up where it really matters when you're trying to get that job, right? Now, you may have gone to school. You may know somebody who's gone to school and they've spent $100,000 and they have been woefully unprepared to get that job in the industry because this industry doesn't care if you went to Harvard. They don't care if you know Jimmy Jack, Sally Sue. They care about your work, and that means that you've got to be in a place, in a state, in a way where you are focused on producing the highest quality work that you can possibly produce. That's what we do at the boot camp. You come in, we get focused, and we produce results. So head over to GameArtInstitute.com. You can head over to the um, student work or the alumni page where you can see what our students are doing. That'll give you an idea of what people are producing. And if you're interested, make sure that you apply today so we can get into the uh, phone call with you. And we are looking for students and uh, we have spots to fill. So make sure you give us a call. And I look forward to chatting with you then. All right, now back to the programming. Okay. All right, guys, I am here with Bob. Bob, how do I say your last name? Pochennik. <laughs> Pochennik. Okay, great. And um, Bob, do you ha- can we go to your art station real quick so um, people can yeah. just know exactly where to find you? So uh, I saw uh, Bob's work online, and, uh, and I think there was something at ZBrush Central uh, as well. Yeah. And, uh, and I thought, uh, you know, I really had to meet Bob because he's got a very interesting kind of career in terms of what he does. And, uh, and I thought it might be very interesting uh, for you guys to see because I've talked a lot about this idea of digital sculptor to character artist. But there is um, this avenue of the, of the digital sculptor and what you can do and, and all of that. And, and when I was looking at Bob's work, uh, it just, you know, is a great example of how you do this uh, in, as a, for a living and, and, um, and in terms of the production and all that good stuff. So uh, Bob was kind enough to agree to come in here and answer some questions and do all of that stuff. So Bob, thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, happy to be here. All right. So um, was it a top row, I think, or something at Zebra Central that connected us? Do you remember? Yeah, I think this guy uh, got into top row. Oh, and after he got to the top row, you contacted me about this. Yeah, that's great. So how big is this? It's pretty big, actually. When you see this this transparent guy here, he's uh, 32 millimeters. The whole guy is about 15, 20 centimeters. Is, is anybody else doing the um, the inch conversion? 15 centimeters to inches. <laughs> Thank God for Google. So he's six inches tall. Yeah, probably. Um, the whole piece is six inches tall. Is that right? Yeah, about that, yeah. Okay, all right. And that's pretty big for you then, right? Yeah, I'm usually sculpt an uh, inch and a half, I guess. That's awesome. All right, so uh, yeah, let's see how much is it. That's oh, the usual size. Whoa. Okay. 
And uh, do you do this? You're sculpting this inside a ZBrush and then just shrinking it down, I imagine, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I usually just start with the size, so I get dynamics to around two, four thousand, and it's like pretty enough. This that's this size. Huh. I don't have to shrink. I just do it in this size. Uh, tell me what you mean by that. That'd be great. Uh, do you have ZBrush open? You can walk me yeah. through that process. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, I just have my basic file. Mm -hmm. And you have, I mean, so I just set it up to like around the eyes because you always measure this miniatures to the eyes. Yeah. And I the prefer preferences and transpose units. And mm -hmm. because I said 32, uh, uh, and that's the size I, I work in. I mean, this is to, to measure everything. Yeah. Uh, I, I like to zoom out often to check how it will look on the miniature because yeah, after printing it, it's about this size. Yeah. Zoom out a lot. Yeah, that's about that. And I, as I said, I, I usually work with high resolution Dynamesh because in the end it has to be Dynamesh than it for mm -hmm. print. Got it. And at this size, so you've got it scaled. And what tool were you using to scale it? Was that... Um... Uh, I scale it at the end with a uh, uh, 3D printing hub and this, uh, yeah, you have the size ratio. Okay. And I just type meters here, yeah. Okay, so the first tool you used was a transpose line to establish, you know, just whatever. I mean, ZBrush actually works in centimeters. Um, yeah. So that makes sense. Uh, but you were, you were actually using millimeters, am I right? Yeah. Uh, in Europe, we do, we do that. <laughs> Okay, got it. And uh, so, if I remember right, ZBrush's internal unit is is centimeters, not millimeters. But so you use that, and then you you just transpose it, or you just move it later. But um, what I was interested in is the the geometry. You said uh, in terms of dynamesh, you set that resolution to two thousand. Yeah, two or four thousand, somewhere somewhere between that. Yeah, uh, this file is, for example, the base is mm -hmm. imported STL, and so it's exactly thirty millimeters. Yeah, so so this is the final size, and if I if I would update size ratio, it's counted the size this is, mm -hmm. and so the miniatures uh, should fit it. So it has to be dynamized at this solution because the resolution is connected scale of ZBrush. Yeah. So we have to work on really high resolution to to do that. Yeah. As I said, at the end, you have to then dynamesh everything anyway because you have to export 3D print. It has to be one part. Got it. And so I would have almost thought that you needed less polygons, like 2,000 in terms of the resolution. But you, even at that size, you still need that 4,000. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's, I have an example because mm -hmm. I was thinking like this guy, this werewolf. Yeah. He was have a fur all over him. Yeah. So I had to, uh, that, that 4,000 wasn't enough. So I just, I, I decided I, I don't care and I just scaled it up. So I have uh, enough resolution on him with this 4,000 solutions. Okay. And then for for the character guys here, you know, we don't do a ton of Dynamesh because it's it's all like game. But what, um, what Bob's referring to is that uh, Dynamesh, the resolution is actually tied to the size of the model. So um, it gets, this gets us into problems some points. If the model is really small, then your Dynamesh looks like really big. The holes will look huge. Um, and even if you're at a uh, at a high level, so sometimes you have to adjust the scale to get the Dynamesh right. And Joseph wrote a really cool plugin called Dynamesh Master, I think, um, which does it. Uh, but in your case, Bob, like you're trying to capture very small details like this fur, and and you're trying to keep really clean, hard edges. Do you know what these things are 3D printed at? You know what the micron level is? Uh, I guess probably around twenty, thirty. 
Okay. Which is really, really high. I mean, it, like yeah. Uh, layers a millimeter. Yeah. Uh, like 10 is kind of like crazy high. Um, yeah. If you want to go fast, I think it's like 50 or 100. Like, and yeah. it, and uh, if you're using um, FDMs, which is fusion deposit material, I mean, they rarely go below 100, I think, 100 microns. But yeah, I could be. It's, it's usually printed on the SDL. Yeah. I don't know what distance I can check. Yeah, like my form, uh, my form two gives me the option of, uh, you know, all the way down to I think ten micron, if I remember right. Yeah, I have uh, for my own use uh, a one hull duplicator seven, which is a Chinese chip printer, and it goes down to thirty five. Mm -hmm. And I think that's uh, for me, it's enough. But I wouldn't rely with my company on it. I just bought it to uh, play with it as a hobby. Yeah. To check how it works and stuff because it's fun it's really produced and it's fun yeah i actually i bought a units uh units printer it's uh been in the box for the last three weeks because um i haven't had a chance to play with it but they're supposed to be printing uh i think 10 times faster than form lab computers or printers so uh getting higher microns doesn't take like a day and a half because <laughs> used to just let that thing yeah, go might take a day to print one model i know how it works yeah so talk to me about um your process here like what you do in terms of the day job and um what i'm wondering is like uh just in terms of the job like are you freelance or are you not freelance is this a staff position that you have uh, to freelance but i didn't really like dealing with uh, clients and have to write an emails to uh, all the time mm. so i decided to uh, have a full-time contract yeah and uh, firstly i had it for two years with the product games yeah and after it was done i was contacted by marriage miniatures i think that's how you pronounce it mm -hmm. just show you page this name is yeah how you spell it and i'm working for them for the year i still have may mm -hmm. And I like working for them because they have really high detailed miniatures for the scale, of course. Yeah. Yeah. They don't really rush things. They rather have high quality than fast miniatures. That's great. That's great. And so now, um, do they give you a uh, like a design, a 2D design? Do they give you 3D? Yeah, I can show you actually the uh, design. I just show you. So, okay, this is design. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they've got somebody drawn this out. Yeah, there are a few versions of it actually, because mm -hmm. mostly the miniatures have multiple weapon options. So this one has a sword only, this one has a shield, and oh, yeah. the third version is actually the same torso, but also has a bow and arrows. Yeah. Got it. So interesting. <laughs> have to work with multiple weapons on a single model. Yeah. It gets, it gets messy at times. Uh huh. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things I really wanted to chat with you about as well is how you kind of organize your mesh. But um, the first thing is, is you they give you a, a drawing, so it's a line drawing, so it's got actually some pretty specific instructions in it. Um, yep. Do do they only give you that one view? Do they give you a turnaround? Uh, no, 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 never turn turnaround. It's just only one drawing, and in some rare cases there is no drawing at all. It's just a description, and I have to work with. But mm. mostly it's a drawing. So how do you start with that one drawing and start to convert that into an actual three D model? Um, that's a good question. Actually, you just uh, for uh, you just have to take a close look. Like first, you check the anatomy if it's masculine or skinny or or how it looks. Mm -hmm. And I just always start with this, my basic human. It has rather weird proportions. It has to be like this for a miniature, like yeah. zoom space. 
humans look, but yeah, miniatures, it would be like this. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so then I move like like the human underneath. It's kind of weird because I added the head. That's it. Then I move in. And I'm, then I'm, as I said, I merge it with the Dynamesh, so it's not a single mesh. Okay. So you start with a pretty full-on sculpted base mesh, and then you yeah. you augment it for detail. So like it looks like you sculpted the legs a little bit more for this werewolf. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then you add the, so you swap out the face. So you're probably, what, just in one subtool, do you, do you, um, do you just start sculpting the face out of another sphere or...? Yeah, I just append the sphere, mm -hmm. and I end up with something like this. Yeah. And then I cut uh, out a lower jaw, because uh, it's not only one pose. I only showed you one, but I got to do five of them. Mm -hmm. And they have open mouth, some of them have closed mouth, so lower jaw is always a separate piece. Yeah. Uh, then the eyes and eyelids are separate, uh, so they don't merge and lose detail throughout the sculpting, and I just merge it at the end while exporting. And ears also are separate, so I could convey more emotions with it, and yeah. And of course, hands are separate meshes, so I can swap them for weapons. That's, and besides that, it's peace. Okay, got it. And so, I done with, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, so this is a sculpted in a base pose, so to speak. Yeah, with a T-pose, I keep it as uh, sort of the T-pose. I keep it as long as possible because it's okay. to in, Oh yeah, uh, fair enough. Symmetry. Yeah, and but so you replace the head and you replace the hands. So in some cases you've got a closed hand, in some places you've got an open yeah. hand. And I imagine you actually have a library of these things at this point, right? Yeah, actually, yes, yes. I just import them from separate from other files, and that's why every sculpting is cooler than traditional one. Oh yeah, right. Traditional background, but yeah, it's much faster. Yeah. So okay, then I got in and sculpted four fur, but I got a feedback that he looks uh, pretty weird actually. <laughs> <laughs> Some costume, you know, you have to exaggerate details, but apparently too much. <laughs> they asked me to go back and, and get you the fur. Yeah. I that result. Ah, uh, yeah. At this at this point, it mm -hmm. actually have a subdivision levels because it's already uh, prepared for posing. Mm -hmm. And for that, I need a uh, low poly, so I can like mask that, rotate, because I mostly use this method. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like this, and when you project it back, it's, it's, it's not as deformed as if you would do it without subdivision levels, so there's a need for them. And I did, I did use this method for this one, and after I was done with posing... Oh, wait, uh, before I post, I also made uh, most of the equipment that... So, mm. that, of course, when, when he's in the T-pose, it's, it's faster to make like this thing in a symmetry, not by hand. Right. So we looked at this point, and... Our, if you don't mind, I'd love to dive into the, the process for these parts, because this is also one of the things, especially for character artists, um, getting clean lines. And like, you have no room for, no margin for error there, because it becomes so small, you have to have clean lines. Um, what are some of the tools, like, how do you get such a clean line? Because I'm assuming you stay mostly inside a ZBrush, am I wrong? Yeah, I only work in ZBrush. Uh, Great. I don't use any other software. Yeah. So I, I would just append, like for the armor, I would bend this cylinder, for example. Mm -hmm. 
I would scale it. Just scale it down. Just rotate it. Then I use this transmission, which lets your cut on the to go. Move it and you see divide it a few times and dynamish of course is always. So this is basically it. And mm -hmm. if I want to just add uh, more polish, I will activate symmetry, uh, local turned on. Mm -hmm. And I will go in with high polish. This is the brushes I use daily. Yeah. By the way. Oh, high po uh, H polish you use a lot? Yeah, yeah, H polish. I use it a lot for what, exactly this type of thing. Great, yeah. I have to take a sharp edge. Mm -hmm. Perfect, yeah. And this is super powerful brush. Yeah. Okay, and so maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe the key for creating these hard edges is that if you just start with the simplest shape possible. Yeah, you start, start low poly. I, usually I just append these mm. uh, simple cube sphere or a cylinder yeah. and work with it as long as possible. And yeah. when I need detail, I just divide and time measure. Okay, that makes a lot of sense because I know... You know, sometimes when we're working on these characters, we want something to be unique, and so we can kind of complicate things pretty quick. Yeah. And what about belts? Because that's definitely where stuff gets complicated, right? Uh, could you repeat, please? What about belts? Belt. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna switch this. Okay. So this is this is basically the same rule. See that it was made by uh tools so this uh this middle one was uh just a cylinder mm -hmm. but that was just uh made with so I can shrink the cylinder mm -hmm. then of course i appended the cube for this and about this hole i just <laughs> i love it it's even more of the simplicity like it's just a cube yeah. and then you just push this inside in yeah yeah just divide a few times Who's, who here feels like they've been overthinking things? In the those of you who are live with me here, this is basically how it came to be. Yep. But, and of course, have another cylinder and an iron cubes probe. And this is actually by hand from the sphere. This is just a lot of high polish, as I said, age polish. Yeah. And clay build up just a few minutes of fun, and you end up with something like that. Yeah, yeah. So you just a sphere. You kind of you know pull something out with some some of the with move then then coming with clay build up uh -huh, and uh -huh. when i think it's general shape is all right but it needs more polish yes came in with each polish that's beautiful man that's very cool so cool to see this you know this is such a refreshing sim like straightforward approach to it um because not extreme yeah i have this traditional background so i just try to replicate my process from the traditional sculpting into the zbrush and mm. I didn't really take any classes, just had fun with it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, that's, and it's just really cool. Because I think many of us, and those of you who are live, tell me if you had this thought as well, uh, would be thinking that they need to uh, like extract out a belt loop and you know do all of that stuff and the next thing you got to deal with how am i going to kind of pull the strap out so you might use curved strap brush which i actually demoed i think just a month ago so now i'm a little bit like yeah i like this approach yeah. i like this it's very fast how long does it take for you to create one of these um these models okay so uh it depends if model is really simplistic and it's human so i start with this and I just add an equipment and pose it a little. It, it can be done in one to two days. For this wolf, I think it was more like a week mm -hmm. for the whole poses. Because, yeah, I didn't show you that, the yeah, poses, because it was 
actually it ended up being five options yeah with a sword sword and shield uh spear and hand spear and shield and the bow version so it has uh, most of the parts are the same i i always try to change it as small as possible from pose to pose mm-hmm. because companies often want to keep uh, to print just one torso and legs and just make the <clears throat> arms swappable so so to minimize costs of printing and things yeah that makes a lot of sense okay so sorry I'm, I'm, my brain might have blinked. I was check. I was thinking about all this process. About how long do you think it takes? Uh, about a week for uh, werewolf complicated like this for okay. even, uh, one to two days. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So about a week and then one to two days for some of the variations. Um, and then, uh, and then, are you just delivering the ZTL files to them? Do you cut this up? Do you Dynamesh this? I cut it all. Uh, let's let, let me swap. And just delete this also I can get some more back. Okay, actually not faster, just Okay, so here's another model I made. This is a finished one. And it still has uh sub tools for the subtools on it. Mm. So it also is one part. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a part of the tail. Yeah, basically, it's it's how it looks when I finish my job, but when I don't yet cut it to this, also my response parts. So I basically merge it, uh, and then I cut it to the pieces, so thing like this. Okay. Um, let's take a tail as, a, as an example. Yeah. So yeah, you have to make these joints so people can actually assemble them without problem. Mm. You have to have the corresponding holes. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that is something I want to chat with you about because it's oh, so I do that and then every now and then it's just too tight. So frustrating. Yeah, there's an easy fix. So, fix, <laughs> so you just to duplicate this. Mm-hmm. Go to deformation plate. It about or something like that, and this is what it takes. And you set that to um, an inflate of two, right? Yeah, two three it's is perfect for the scale. Okay, so uh, that's a good point. So two three's good for what? What scale? About an inch or about five inches? Uh, about an inch or an inch and a half. All right. Yeah, and don't. Um, okay, and just a warning for anybody who's going to just multiply that. Don't the the numbers ZBrush uh, sliders don't work linearly. That's so you couldn't just say, hey, it's five inches. It's going to be you know three or four times that. Uh, they have they have a logarithmic function to them. So you just have I to be. Can just show before and after once again. So this is before. And this is after. It's, yes. it's really small difference, but it's enough to make the parts. Yeah, I think that visually is probably the smarter option to, to measure that than numbers. Uh, okay, cool. I got that. That makes sense. And um, and then do you use the Boolean feature now to make this stuff happen? or? Uh, no, I just take uh, this thing. Just, I move it underneath. Mm-hmm. I click this right thing. So it, yeah. if it's tracked, yeah. yeah. And then and as everything else, I just merge it down. <laughs> And Dynamish. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah You're not using live booleans or anything like that. You're just using the old no, school no, boolean. I just, yeah, I just learned it that way and didn't bother to, to change it. Yeah. Well, if it works, it works. Okay. And this is after Dynamish. Yeah. And after that, the last thing I have to do is when you look at this, it dance mm-hmm. and have it like this for a 3d printer to handle yeah so i always go with c plugin uh c plugin and decimation master yeah i 
preprocess it and decimate it. And just swap file to this down. Okay, so went down from 5 million to 172k. Mm. Yeah, it looks. What percentage do you normally set your decimation master to? Is is it a percentage or is it a polygon count uh, you're looking no, to get? It's it's just fully count I look for. It's about not more than a million for all the parts of the model, I guess. Okay. This scale. Yeah. Yeah. So I went from five millions to one hundred thousand. Okay, because that's so just the was that the body or the tail? That was the uh, body. 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 Okay. The body. Got it. So yeah, you can see a slight decrease in the in the quality. Mm -hmm. But yeah, when you keep in mind that this is going to be like this big, it doesn't really matter at all. Okay, got it. Yeah, and Decimation Masters, I mean, it's it's on par with the $10,000 program um, in their decimation process. So it's pretty pretty solid. All right. Well, that's really cool. So how did you get into miniatures? How did you get into into this? You, you were a traditional sculptor. Yeah, I'm a traditional sculptor, and I started uh, as a kid, actually, mm -hmm. playing uh, Lord of the Rings miniatures games. Yeah. And I, ju I was just converting models to look cool or something. And then people start approaching me, saying, I like your miniatures, could you sculpt one for me or something? And I yeah. just accept a few of these sort of commissions. Yeah. So I can show you, I don't know, this one. So this is traditional sculpt. Uh, it was about 50 millimeters, 45 millimeters. So a bit less than two inches. Yeah. Just say, uh, sit all days with a needle to make all the details mm. here. What kind of clay were you using? It was uh, female, I believe, or super, super sculpty, sorry. Okay. Super I believe. Yeah, but there there was this thing, you probably know about it when this always happens. <laughs> so I decided to finally swap to digital. Yeah. Yeah. It fell on a, you dropped it. Yeah, it's not actually mine, but it shows the problem pretty well. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm actually looking at one where they lost the nose and the and the brow. It just, somebody ran into it and it, there you go. Yeah, it always happened to me, and I was like a week of work, and it was frustrating. Mm -hmm. and so I decided to, went to go digital. So I just went on Google and Googled miniature concept art, because I was already sculpting the miniatures, but yeah. I just wanted to go digital. And I found the concept uh, of the actual immersion miniatures. So oh, nice. I worked. And I sculpted the miniature, and I put it online. And so after that, some people approached me. Like, I, I got the first commission for this guy. Mm -hmm. Okay. It was a lot of fun with the feathers. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of work, and I couldn't really, I didn't really know the software all too well then. Mm -hmm. So I struggled a lot. This is another hard example <laughs> when I made all this pool by hand. Oh, man, my friend, you, this hair is just gorgeous. I love how you do this. Yeah, thanks, but this was insane amount of work. Uh, I believe it, yeah. yeah now, I, now I just have a brush for it, and I just pull it out, and it's way faster. I can show you in a minute. Oh, God, I would love that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I'll save my questions for then. Yeah, but yeah, this is cool. Okay, so you did this, and then uh, what happened? Then after these two pieces, uh, the owner of Produce Games actually contacted me. He's mm -hmm. a Polish uh, guy, actually, too. Yeah. He said... Uh, we actually need someone with your skill, and if you want to come, we you can like start next week. And I I was at the college, but back then, but I decided that actually this is what I always want to do. So I dropped it out and start working for them full time. Yeah. And miniatures, zombies. I don't know. This was the first week's work. Yes. 
and from this it just went I I get better with the software after year after two years uh, actually actually after uh, about a year uh, of me working there uh, this guy I'm originally made my first first digital miniature contacted me and he said like I liked what you did with it um, mm -hmm. maybe you want to make whole squad for us and so I did a whole squad and from this time onwards, I was just working full with Prodos and on the weekends and evenings make commissions for And after two years of me, Prodos did a full-time job at Mercia Miniatures, so I just here I am now with this. Awesome. Yeah, okay, so I can just maybe now go back to to ZBrush to show you that, that further. Mm-hmm, yeah, that'd be great. So I'm just gonna stop. Orlando the Technicolored has um, one of your sculpts. <laughs> cool. It's always cool to have them. Okay, so let's go. So this is my brush I made not so long ago, when actually when I was making Werewolf to speed up the process. Mm -hmm. so I made a few of them, but I only use basically two of them. So I can just... And these are vector displacement brushes? Yes, that's good. And I just drag it out like that, and it's very fast. It it gives you a lot of freedom, mm -hmm. but uh, but at the same time, it's way faster than sculpting them by hand. And I also have the same, but in the other direction. I have like three of them, but I don't use it that much. As I said, I only use these two basic ones, and it's pretty fast to cover even it, the whole miniature. Is there a kind of um? Is there a process? Is there something that you do? Uh, consistently, like say for example, um, what am I thinking? Like, do you start from the bottom and work your way up, or start from the top, or do you just kind of go for it? To like, like this. Let's say the the hair uh, covers this place, so yeah. it's a good place to start. So yeah. you can just drag it out, and it doesn't look weird if you start like from here. Okay. It kind of doesn't have a beginning or the end, so I can. I guess it can be done either way. But I always like to start from some cover, like here. Ah, okay. So you, you like to start from some position where it's going to terminate or end or... Yeah, yeah. And then build up from there. Okay. And build it down. So it looks like you're building outwards as opposed to upwards or anything else. Yeah, that's good. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Okay. So let me open this up to questions. So folks, any questions, anything on your mind? Give me a quick shout out. Uh, let me know. I'm looking at both those who are in the guild and those who are in the live meeting with me right now. Um, anything you want to know about process or printing or whatnot, we only have uh, Bob for a little bit longer. So make sure you start putting those questions in. And uh, and if we can head back to your... Um, actually, uh, Bob, do you have that model that got top road? Do you have the 3D model for that? Yeah, sure. I do. I'd love to see that. Yeah. Okay. Where was this here? And are you free, free, whoops, are you uh, freelancing? Okay, hold yeah, on. No, no, I'm getting no. some echo right now, actually. Yeah, now I have an exclusivity deal with American Miniatures, so I just sculptured them. Okay, got it. Okay, I'll just load the last file I have with him. I think it's already cut in pieces, but mm -hmm. it will run faster thanks to that. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay, so oh, yeah. Yeah, this is what I mean. This is what a lot of us kind of got into the sculpting for, especially in the game side of it. We saw miniatures. You know, I remember my brothers always had these miniatures around, 
And, um, you know, I know this is what some of us got into it from, so to speak. So it's really cool to kind of see this. So I think the last question that we, we could, there's a couple of questions, but cloth is one of the things, um, that really came up. So you're not getting into marvelous designer or anything like that. No, no, I I do it by hand. I can just show you quickly. Mm -hmm. So I would just, as I said, I would just append the cylinder. Oops, too big. So I said, yeah, I have those scaled up. Let's go down. Okay. Okay, and I will just, uh, as I said, append some uh, primitive. Then I came come in with a move brush, mm-hmm. and uh, I I try to like mimic a body underneath, so it fits pretty well. It takes time, so it's not gonna be perfect, mm-hmm. but you get the point. I just like like this. Then I divide it yeah, like two or three times to have enough resolution. And I just can come in with a clay brush, for example. And I just do this strokes and can come in with, uh, with a smooth brush. And that's basically it. I just spent a lot of time making sure those look as realistic as it they shoot on the miniature. Mm-hmm. If I need a sharp edge, I can come in with a dumb stand, demi and standard to just make that edge a bit sharper. Yeah. And of course, without high polish also helps H polish, sorry, uh, to like get that sharp details because, as I said, you have to zoom out and check how it looks from the far away. Mm-hmm. And for the uh, end of the cloth, I usually just to make it ripped, I just come on resolution, I guess. I just come with thumb in standard, of course. Just do like something like this. Oh, okay. And like, yeah, something like this to, to just look good. Yeah. It doesn't matter how you make it, just yeah. when you zoom out, it's actually starting to look as it should. Mm-hmm. When you want to make a hole, you can, of course, do it with thumb in standard. So, like this, make it a deeper because it's very small scale, so if yeah. you not make it deep enough, it will, it won't, it won't show it at all. Yeah, that's something like this. Okay, got it. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's the process, basically. That's great. That's really cool to see. I love that technique of the Damien Center brush, just to kind of give you a nice, cool edge, and then you just throw it all yeah. up, you know, in behind it. That's really neat. All right, my friend, uh, Paul's got one more question for you. He's got, um, are there any uh, mere concepts you are looking forward to working on? Huh. I guess I don't. I don't know if I should talk about it. <laughs> Fair enough. Then uh, let's not get you in trouble in case we uh, in case we publicize this. Yeah, I guess uh, I had some. I know I'm gonna be sculpting, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm gonna need a sec find it. There's catch on guy on a huge lizard. I don't know. If he should be. But basically, I just like to work on these bigger monsters rather than mm. and all stuff. They give you more freedom to play with design, or what? What's the reason? Uh, not really, but it's just uh, it's just fun when you are sculpting some large monster uh, mm-hmm. with uh, you know spikes and uh, natural armor. Uh, when it's more ent- entertaining for me when you compare it to just sculpting some uh, human. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't really know where where to find it. I'm sorry. No worries. He asked this question. I'm sure he knows what I'm talking about. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, it's good to see this. 
All right, my friend. Well, I think we will um, we will call this a day. I really appreciate you showcasing um, your work and showing us some of your process and and uh, giving us kind of a, a peek into this because this is a world, you know. That number one, you're getting paid to do this. Um, <laughs> I have a friend actually uh, who is one of the founders of I think they call it Hero Forge. Oh, I know that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and so that's she does this all day. She sculpts this stuff all day, and she does it in a nice, shiny office in uh, Santa Monica, I think. Uh, so this is definitely a career option that exists for people, um, and especially yeah, it, yeah. Sorry, you were going to say something. I just will say that I find it much more interesting than working in the game industry because, like, everything is way cooler when you can when you get to pose it with uh, with. Uh, games you only work in t-poses and yeah after some time i imagine it would get very boring i don't know what do you think are some of the keys for people who want to work in the miniature uh, business what are some of the essential i don't know characters characteristics about their work or the things that they should really work on in terms of craft what's really important I mean, the most important is, I guess, anatomy, because you end up sculpting a lot of humans. And mm -hmm. even if you sculpt monsters, you have to make them look as realistic as possible. So they have to have all the muscles correct and stuff like that. Yeah. And after that, also very important is, as I said, posing. So you just have to, I guess, look at many models online to, to get the feel that because you can't have a model that looks stiff it has to yeah, like look like it's affected by gravity and like sometimes it it needs to look like it's tired or something yeah so yeah you have to study poses a lot and after that i guess you have to just train yourself to make uh, everything a bit exaggerated because when you make a sword for example and you make it in the correct scale to the model it's too thin so you have to make it bigger thicker and stuff like that to make it show better to, to show it better miniature awesome awesome yeah, so these three things i think are the most important and the rest will come i guess all right that's great thank you so much bob for taking the time and and for uh, showing all of this and uh, for if we can end on your art station in case anybody wants to head over there and uh, he's got the coolest art station link i was like how the hell did you get that it's just art station <laughs> slash bob yeah, <laughs> i love that <laughs> i should have thought about that and just been like art station slash ryan and i'd like own ryan but you know yeah. <laughs> i had to put my last name in that yeah. anyways thank you so much my friend it's it's so great to to meet you and to see your process so yeah great to be here yeah thank you very much for inviting me absolutely thank wish you, you yep see you around wish you lots and lots of success yeah thank you very much you too okay all right. Thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this. And I want to ask just two things of you. Number one, make sure to leave a comment or rank this wherever you are listening to it on Apple, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. It really makes a difference in helping us get the word out about this industry and about what we do. Number two, make sure you visit vertexschool.com to learn more about what programs we offer in this area as a creative and for artists who are looking to jumpstart their career and discover a new industry. Again, thank you so much for listening. We're accepting applications right now, so I look forward to hearing from you soon.